Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here's your host, director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, I am so glad you guys decided to join us today. I have my friend. On, we have two Tims at the mission. There's Timothy 1 and Timothy 2. No, uh, the cook at the mission who is the chef, who prepares the meals, who buys the food, who arranges the kitchen. He rotates the food in the in our walk-in freezer and refrigerator. And by the way, that sounds like a little thing, but that's not a little thing. When you have a room that is like 12 by 14 feet, and you are trying to save as many things as possible. A matter of fact, years ago, one of the problems we had was some of the food would get to a point in the freezer that you really couldn't do anything with it because it got too old. And so Tim tries to rotate the the things, in, you know, in the freezer. So he does a lot of things there, but he also tries to with guys that are on the program that are under his charge. Sometimes they will come to him. Sometimes he will need to kind of minister to them. And one of the things that he knows how to do very well is to relate to them because he was once there himself. You know, he was a man of of, uh, means. He was a man of position at one time. Uh, Alcohol took that away. Uh, or I guess it wasn't alcohol, it was his use of alcohol, because we're responsible for the things we do. And Tim would be the first one to tell you that. So uh, Tim went through the program, and years ago uh, we hired him to be the kitchen supervisor, the chef, all those things, because he has those skill sets. And more importantly than that, he can identify with the men. And so we're going to talk to Tim in just a minute and before, when we were still off air, we had Steve Gasser in here and Ann from the radio station. We were talking about some of the things in our lives that we have to be grateful for. I was looking outside, and Tim said, you know, we should talk about that a little bit when we, we get there, and we will, about gratitude and about, about things that we see and understanding uh, that from a biblical perspective, you can't you can't tell that God is for you or against you by the things you do or don't have as far as material goods. But certainly if you're a child of God and you're walking in that faith and God has blessed you spiritually, he has if you're saved and material and all those other things, the very least thing that we should do is be grateful. And I'll tell you what started this whole discussion. I was standing in the office talking to one of the employees, and I looked out the window, and there was a woman walking down the sidewalk. She had a different color and garment on every, you know, she was dressed eclectically. She's out on the street. There's, she had one pink shoe and another color shoe on the other foot, and she absolutely looked lost. She was walking as so many of the homeless do, with a vague look into outer space, I guess. And, you know, all of a sudden, my heart was really broken for her. You know, as Tim Trenum, the the kitchen supervisor, said, she's somebody's daughter. She's somebody, somebody once cared about her. One, somebody once held her in their arms. And now she, because of drugs or alcohol or mental uh, incapacity, uh, mental illness 
she she is she's out on the street and so it caused me to reflect on the things that frustrate me and the things that irritate me and the things that I should be more patient and be more kind about. For instance, we have been without power. The utility company has has uh, turned off the power, and we really didn't have much wind where I was. But I don't know all the insights. As Anne pointed out, we don't always know all the things that people are making the decisions. And I, I, I agree that the folks from the utility company, they they can do nothing right. If they shut the power off, they're wrong. If they turn the power on, they're wrong. Uh, and so I, I understand that those things happen, and, and I need to be cognizant of that too. Now, here's what I'm getting at. You know, it was inconvenient for me. I had to go home. I have a wife that has MS. I had to take care of her. I had to cook on the the <clears throat> on the uh, barbecue outside, and I had to get the generator up and running and connect the the lines to the house and do all those kind of things. It took me quite a while, and um, it was frustrating for me. But then it occurred to me that there's many people who live in places where they have no power, where, hey, they don't have a generator and they have no way of keeping the little food that they do have fresh in their refrigerators. Maybe they have just the stuff up in their freezer compartment and in two days it's going to be gone and they've got absolutely zero ability to take care of that. I, on the other hand, have been blessed in many many ways but at least i could afford a generator which i bought several years ago <coughs> i i have a freezer with some food in it and as long as i keep it up i can afford to buy the gas to put in the the generator i have uh, i live in a house where we have candles that are electrically operated as far as batteries i know this sounds like just a litany of things that we have but it brings me to the point that it, it got me reflecting on the people that it is much harder when they don't have things. When they don't have, when, when there's a little glitch in their life, there's no buffer left. There's, there's nothing they can do. They don't have any savings. They don't have uh, maybe even enough food half the time to get by to the next week. And then that also made me think about how many times I've driven to the mission. And, and I'm not saying that, that, the, that many of the homeless, it's not their own fault. I'm not saying that they're not sometimes rude and unkind to people. But not all of them are unkind or rude. Not all of them, it was direct, directly their own fault. Not all are on drugs or alcohol. And, I, and certainly mental issues are not something that they chose and so I was driving along, and, you know, a few weeks ago, I was pretty sick. I, I, I had, it felt different than usual. I had a fever, and I just wasn't feeling good at all. But as I drive along, and I'm in my car, and I'm not feeling good, I'm looking at people out on the sidewalks, and I thought to myself, what is it like to be sick, to have the flu, to, to just be miserable, and you're you're in a tent or outside somewhere. No one to care about you, and, and you're just miserable. And again, my heart was given to thanks that God 
had given me people in my life that cared about me and a place to be and a ministry to do. And I never want to take any of those things for granted. And so, well, that's that's enough said. I'm just it's one of those days when you reflect on what you have, who you are, and where you've been. I truly do uh, want to always be like Paul, that I've learned to be content in whatever place I'm at, whether with much or little, whether in chains or out. And I, I, am, I am truly wanting God to illuminate me to know that the most important thing in all of life is our walk with him. And the rest of these things are passing. So anyway, Timothy, over the course of the years as the supervisor in the kitchen, you've seen a lot of men come and go. You've seen a lot of homeless. You, you know that many are grateful. Most are not. But, um, and, and some just don't know how to articulate their gratitude. So what would be one of the most challenging things that you can see with working, one, with men on the program, and two, with the guests that come in and that we have to serve to the tune of, what, 9,000 meals a month? Roughly thereabouts. Um, Just to touch on some of the things you said, and as we were talking earlier uh, before the uh, broadcast here is, you know, and I think the hardest thing for myself, uh, Pastor, is trying not f- to forget where you come from, regardless if you come yep. from a place of means or not means. I think it's keeping keeping grounded in the fact that God chose us to act and to be a certain way. That's right. And most of the people that I've talked to in my nine years with the mission is they have no one else. Mm-hmm. And that lady outside, that was somebody's sister. That yep. may be somebody's mother. That may be somebody's ex-wife or wife. Yep. We Absolutely. don't know the situation. So what I've learned through crisis still to have the compassion. Yep. You're going to run into the yep. people who are under the influence and treating you wrong and disrespecting you and things of that nature, but we still have to understand their predicament, their yep. situation. Like you were saying, how how would it be to be miserably sick and laying on a street? I don't know. I've never experienced that. I can only imagine it's nothing nice. So, you know, as far as the guys go in the program, it's just, you know, Pastor, I'm going through this learning process myself as I walk down this road, you know, of sanctification. It's just, you know, I just always want to remember that people need to be treated in a certain way like I'd want to be treated. You know, if I'm going to walk with Christ, I have to somewhat emulate him. Mm-hmm. I have to treat people kind, fair, unjudging, lifting up, giving spiritual words to, just doing my part. And I never seem to do that, you know. So, but what I do is I still get up and I still try each and every day because I'm never, ever going to live up to that type of expectation. Yeah. But nor do I put myself under that expectation. All I do is do my best every day to treat people kind and with respect. I don't ever want to lose the ability to look at somebody with a humane heart. I agree. And 
I appreciate being put in the Union Gospel Mission because that where I can practice that on a daily basis. And you know, I just I just pray for everybody. I just, you know, my heart's heavy today. Me too. I have a friend that lost everything and they have nowhere to go and uh they're not drug they're not under drugs or alcohol. They just don't have a job. They've never saved money. And so, you know, that's why I wanted to kind of talk about this stuff. But sure. You know. No, brother, I'm I'm absolutely I'm absolutely with you. I think sometimes we can look in retrospect and you kind of touched on it with your friend when you said they didn't they don't have any savings, they didn't save any money. Should they have? Yeah, I I I guess they should have. But when a person gets in a predicament like your friend is, who's not a drug and alcohol guy, and now this person is in a bad way, it doesn't help to look back and say, this is what you should have done. Because what we should have done and what we did are usually two different things. Absolutely. And I think that one of the problems that we face today is that people are starting to lose the compassion for the homeless. And I understand why. Because of the the mess on the streets, the the just the things that are going on, and really, um, those are things that the lack of rules and regulations and easing off of restrictions has caused to have happen. And yes, I agree with you. Some of those individuals irritate me as well. But you know, there's a lot of people out there like Tim's friend that just found themselves in a very bad way. So when did your friend lose? Have they lost their place of residence? They got eviction notice, so they'll be evicted next week. They here in Sacramento? They are. Okay. So there's not, you know, there's not a lot that I can do financially because, of course, I have my own responsibilities. I just... I just never want to forget about the people. I we don't agree. know the situations. Even our homeless, our guests that come and join us, we don't know what situation. And people always assume, oh, it's drugs or it's this or it's that. Well, you know what? When the big recession hit, a lot of these people that I talked to have nothing to do with drugs. They, got, they couldn't afford rent. I mean, we have families, you know, Pastor, that come yeah. to the mission yep. with their children. Yep. You know, I'm just blessed to be able to work in a, a place where we can help because truly that's what we do at the mission. We help people. And that is, a, you know, it's so great for my soul because if I can have a hand in that, you know, it just uplifts me. No, I, I completely understand. As you know, um, we had church groups that were coming out that we were helping them with certain things, and uh, they thanked me for the things that we had done for them. And I told them, I said, well, it's really not me. It's God that does these things. But then Scott at the mission pointed out to me that, yes, it is God, but he said he uses us as the instruments to do what he wants us to do. And so I, I'm doubly grateful that God has put me in the position to be able to do those things. And yes, it's, it's his resources, his money, his things that, that we do. I, I, it's, it's not me, but 
he definitely gives me the discernment and the heart to know uh, some of the people to help. And I am eternally grateful that God has saved me. I'm eternally grateful he has given me a ministry, and I'm eternally grateful that that through this last 15 years that I've I've been the director of the mission, that I have never become calloused to the plight of the people that are out there. Do I get irritated sometimes when, you know, right out in front of our building we have the uh, the fire hydrant and they've stuffed everything so the whole fire hydrant is covered. I don't seem to be able to stop that. Our B Street building, you can't even hardly get through the gate sometimes. And those things are irritating. But, you know, you can't take the few individuals and judge the whole of them. And you can't even really judge that one individual because we just don't know where they're at. Are they are they really truly mentally there? And, you know, those that are on drugs and alcohol, even though it's their fault, um, sometimes you drink long enough and drug long enough and you have a mental issue. Absolutely. And sometimes you start off with a mental issue and they'll they'll want to quiet the voices in the head with alcohol or drugs. It's hard to tell which came first. It's like the chicken or the egg thing. But, well, we're Christians. We believe the chicken came first. <laughs> <laughs> but... but, but um, so it's it's hard to know what the answer is. We were just doing a thing, and I think I talked about it last time, that uh, 47% and rising of all the people that are homeless are in the state of California. Uh, there's a balance that we have to do between being compassionate and and not using any common sense. We have to also not allow ourselves to become bitter and angry and therefore become calloused and hard towards people that are hurting. And it's a, it's a delicate balance. And right now I think the pendulum is swinging because there's been so many rules that we've abolished to accommodate people to sleep at the city hall and, you know, on your sidewalks at your house or whatever the case is, that people are becoming angry with it. And I, I don't blame them. I don't, I don't blame them for not wanting to have needles and trash and stuff being thrown over into the school ground yards, wherever they are. So there needs to be that accountability, even for homeless people. They need to have accountability. At the mission, we ask them to be accountable when they're on our property, to obey the rules, to be courteous, to be those things. And if they don't, then we ask them to leave. And that's not hard-hearted. That is making it a decent place for the people that will obey the rules and do want to have help. <clears throat> so it doesn't matter whether people say, Tim, what would the Union Gospel Mission be if we decided that we just wanted to, we just wanted, we just want to feed them and clothe them. We don't want any rules, anything to do. Come on in, we'll help you. What would that look like? Do you think? A riot. People will be yeah. doing exactly what they want to do, and it'll, it'll be very disrespectful. And, you know, there'll be no reason for staff to be there. There'll be no reason for anybody to be there. Just open the doors and get out of the way, because that's basically what it'd be. And mayhem is yeah. what it would be. And how would that affect those people that are really trying to seek to, to have real, truly uh, get hope? Well, the funny part about that, or Pastor, help. is being there so long, 
the actual homeless and our guests that come, they police the mission. They do more to kick people out of the out of, out of the area or out of the chapel than we do. You know, they'll go, no, don't bring that here. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is because this is where they stay. We provide housing. We provide showers. We provide clothing. We provide food. So they don't want anything to alter or change that because that's the only place they know that they can go, that they can get true help with no judgment. All I have to do is show up and come and get a shower and get a shower and get clean clothes. Yeah. I can do this twice a day if I wanted to. That's right. You know, and we don't judge our guests. We don't judge them at all. We no. just ask that they follow a few rules, keeping the peace mm-hmm. so everyone else can be respected. If they mm-hmm. want to listen to the word, we don't let them sit and holler and scream in nope. church. They have to sit. We don't really, we pray that they open their ears and hear mm-hmm. and get what God has to offer them. But we don't ask them to do anything but just be quiet. Just sit and be patient and That's respect right. everybody else. You know, there's nobody from any walk of life that it, it will come to the mission that we won't feed or clothe or house or even let them on the program. But they do have to understand that we believe in the living word of God. Amen. We believe that, that or I should say the word of the living God, that it is in the original forms, it is inerrant in every way. And even the translations, we can count on many of the better translations today to be to be accurate. King James, New King James, ESV, the old NIV, um, many of them. But again, we don't restrict our help to those that think like us or, or want to. But you, you got to understand, too, that Here's what people fail to understand. They think that we want to demand everybody else to live by our rules and regulations. That's not it. When you truly care about people, you don't want them to walk down the broad path that leads to everlasting destruction. And you truly want them to to know Christ, the Christ that you know that comforts you when you're in in pain and and it, you can feel God when you're celebrating. You can feel God when you're happy and joyful. And when you feel like the world is crushing you, you know he's there. Amen. That's not hatred. We want people to have that too. But we, we also believe that Jesus told us to live certain ways, to act in certain ways, and do these things. You know, Be ready to give an answer to everyone for the hope that lies within but we need to do that with gentleness and kindness and truly caring about them. And so comfort those that are on their way to hell, but but to point them to the, the right way, right, Tim? Absolutely. We don't ever want to pass up a brother or sister if they're going down the road. We know where they're going. Yeah. Pick them up, pull them along, put them on your shoulder, carry them, whatever you need to do. We want to take them with us. Yep. We're out of time, and I'm going to ask Tim to do another show with me for next week as well. Uh, I want to get a little more of his insights into the things that he has, what the trials and tribulations are of cooking for so many people. Because, you know, if you cook a meal at home, it's not just, you know, going up 200 times. It's a whole different animal. So we're really kind of out of time. So can you be with me? For this next segment too, Timothy. Absolutely. It'd be my pleasure. Um, truly love this man. Uh, you know, we all have our 
our faults and our our good things about us, but he's my brother. And so, as always, until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. You've been listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to ugmsac.com, ugmsac.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.